0: Welcome to the Cars Guide Garage. I'm James, and with me are Mal and
1: Matt. G'day.
0: This week, we'll look at Jeeps in their natural habitat, a working-class hero, and a reboot that may not be a great fit. Right. So stay with us, but first, Musquatch. (laughs) Musquatch. All right. The um, I think the biggest news uh, is that Bloomberg's Model Three production tracker, uh, according to them, Model Three production hit five nine four two this week. So wow. that's the third week in a row,
2: which is a good number.
0: Good number, and the uh, third week in a row above five thousand. Good on them. And the target of six thousand by the end of the year is looking like a shoe in. So yeah. all of a sudden, that has hit some consistency, and that's the yardstick that we've been using right the way through. So I think it's pretty valid in terms of right. where they are on production. The only, the only fly in the ointment is an interview that Elon held with the New York Times, during which he was said to have alternated between laughter and tears and said that, quote, this past year has been the most difficult and painful year of my career, he said. It was excruciating. Which part did he laugh at? Great point. Great point. Yeah. I don't know. But that was that was the takeout of the person interviewing him, saying he was just vacillating between these strong emotions. Um, he said he'd been working up to 120 hours a week recently. Now, bear in mind, that leaves you seven hours a day when you're not working. Right. So you hit the punch clock, you're finished, seven hours later you're on again. Right. So I don't know. That's why he said he's been sleeping at the factory, doing a lot of that.
2: Going to Thailand to rescue kids going from Going to Thailand to rescue, rescue kids, Is that
1: work? Oh, if, look, you, it's if you go one. there to insult someone, I guess it's work, isn't it? It's all one for a marble city. Did he do it on the weekend, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Either way, yeah. it's time he could have been spending with and his I, kids. Look, yeah. I think
2: tellingly,
0: he said um, to help sleep when he's not working, Mr. Musk said he sometimes takes Ambien. Now, oh, Ambien yes. is a sedative, and it helps you sleep, by all accounts. Roseanne Barr was uh, allegedly using Ambien when she made an unfortunate and racist tweet that led to the cancellation of the reboot of her TV show. Um, but Ambien reduces inhibitions and can cause sleepwalking, even sleep driving. Oh. And that may explain a lot. Was um, he sleepwalking? He might have been sleepwalking for <laughs> 120 hours a wow. week. Wow. That helps the mouse. Yeah, yeah it, it does. <laughs> does. So that, that I think is an interesting admission because you then think about the great different coloured door card incident, <laughs> Yes, which we caught on Twitter during the past week. So this is a Model 3 that had been delivered with a white interior, very classy, mm. all of that stuff, and three out of the four door cards looked great. One of them, yeah, it looked great, but it was a different colour. Yeah. So it's it's brown. <laughs> so the right rear door card was brown. Right. Um, attention to detail there. Attention to detail. So what Symmetry that, isn't
2: perfect. No. Mm.
0: So what that says to me is, um that they're rushing and it put me in mind of a story that um jim hall twin brother of bob hall father of the mx5 um california boy and jim's worked for uh general motors for the longest time i think he might be retired now but he once told me an anecdote where a colleague of his at chrysler was in charge of providing film vehicles for various tv shows and one of them was adam 12 a cop show and they needed their black and whites early to do the opening and closing credits yep. and they had Belvedere's and satellites and whatever, so Jim's friend has gone, yeah, push him through, rush him down the line, I've got to be out there, blah, 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 blah. blah. So the cars go out and they start filming the scenes and one of the producers from the show rings. Jim's friend said, oh, look, we've been doing high-speed pans and these cars are behaving very oddly. When we brake, they'll pull off to the left and then veer sharply to the right. So Jim's friend gets a tech out there, fine, we'll fix it, blah, 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 he goes out and reports back and says it would have been good if the car had disc brakes on both front wheels because there was one drum and one disc. (laughs) Um, So... You know, different coloured
1: door cards.
0: What the heck else yeah. might be like not quite where it should be? Yeah.
1: Well, that could be a collector's item now, that car, that particular car. It's a famous car now. Nice car. Where's the where, Like we said in the office the other day, where's the one with the three brown and one white?
0: Yeah. Well, look, we'll get to that. It's like a cow. We
2: should get them together. Yeah. It's
1: probably in a cardboard
0: box in the wedding marquee because we'll, we will okay. get to that. All, all right? right. Um, so you have a look. At This is the interior of the Fremont plant. For people looking Beautiful. on YouTube, um, we've got a pic there. It's clinically clean, cars moving around on high-tech dollies. There's parts and pieces on racks. Typically modern uh, vehicle assembly. Absolutely. Plant. Shiny white floor. Lots of robots and computers as per Elon's vision of you know vehicle production. Mm-hmm. Then you cut to the wedding marquee, which is the <sighs> tent outside the Fremont plant. And it is a shit show. There, is, there are cardboard boxes everywhere. It looks like uh, the living room floor on Christmas morning. Uh, exactly. Boxing day, maybe. Because there are lots of cardboard boxes, people just standing around kind of wondering what they're doing. That, to me, looks rubbish. And that was one of the photographs that accompanied the New York Times story. So that's when they're not kind of on their best behaviour, yeah. as it were. This is a candid shot.
2: A lot of hand assembly there
1: too a lot of mm. a lot
0: of hand assembly and that car. makes so to your question uh matt or mal i forget who it was where's the other kit that mm. includes the white door card it's probably there. Some one of those boxes on yeah. the floor who knows man you know and then you go to okay so someone's taken delivery of their model 3 in new jersey and tweeted after 30 minutes in a pretty solid downpour their rear bumper fell off oh gosh Disappointed, He's gutted, you know. And then someone tweets back at him, huh, looks just like my car. And there's another one with the rear bumper off, this time in Florida. Um, so Tesla is allegedly investigating all of that. So on the one hand, great week, big number, lots of Model 3s coming out of the sausage machine. But... A few little hiccups along the way.
1: It's probably better to build well-made cars in smaller numbers than badly-made cars in bigger numbers. Well, who knows? You've got maybe not on the capitalist side of things, but yeah, yeah, brand equity maybe. But I don't know. But okay,
0: look. Speaking of the states, Mal, you've just been over in the US of A, and uh, tell us all about your most recent journey there.
2: Been living the Jeep dream. Uh, Fantastic. I've been at the international launch for the new JL Wrangler, yep. uh, which I can't talk about just yet, but mm-hmm. I can tell you about where we went. We did the Rubicon Trail, Right. world-famous Rubicon Trail, which uh, is in the California half of Lake Tahoe. Sorry, that side. Yep. Uh, we did 12 and a half miles of Rubicon Trail. Yep. How long did it take? Uh, a whole day. Yes.
0: <laughs> so that's about, is that 20 odd kilometres, something like that? Uh, yeah.
2: 19. 19 yeah. something. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, good awesome place very rocky uh very dry arid challenging fantastic um we got there we got back
0: <laughs> good and one of the highlights was um this little jigger that jigger yes that's a concept car that's the 2013
2: stitch concept from Moab uh that drove the rubicon trail last week but not only did it do it under its own steam it was driven by one of the jeep designers chris piscatelli uh who is a top bloke might i say and uh, he drove 25 miles of Rubicon and finished with a big smile on his face. Wow.
0: So Fantastic. And it,
2: we've Mel- all seen other concepts that don't move and don't yeah. have interiors, don't have any mechanicals.
0: And what, what are, do you know, Mel, what are works. the
2: mechanicals in that in that particular one? So it's just a standard 3.6 litre V6. Yep. Uh, and the stitch was all about removing weight, a la yep. Colin Chapman. They pulled... Uh, 499 kilos out of it. Yep, uh, and they've hung on to it, and it moves and
1: drives. And obviously, it's got no doors, so <laughs> no body. Um, no. So it was that's previous generation. Yeah, robot. so that's a JK. Yeah,
2: okay. So we did the track with all the JLS, right? Yep. Um, but just looked so cool. Could there have Beautiful been a, piece of a
1: rolling limited
0: edition JK rolling? <laughs> there's got to be a tie up there hasn't there a potter <laughs> too late too on late it's been done no oh right they're on the oh it's jail, already man. gone they right. stopped
1: building them um, the old dogs but the
0: interior is that just the light for those on YouTube is that just the light coming through the no, fabric of the yellow. roof it's, it's all yellow it's, it's yellow, yellow. Yeah. wow okay wow. and the yeah. cutouts came as was here. the style in 2013. yeah okay and it had a bit of a refit before Bitch, please
2: I'm from Detroit
0: <laughs> right
2: even though they're made in Ohio, but this one was built in Detroit, being a concept. And
0: yeah. on the actual trail, Mal, were you on your own? Were there other people doing the trail at the same time? How does that all work? Was it a busy period or was uh, it, no, it was a low? It was midweek, so
2: we were just a convoy of twenty odd JL Wranglers. Yep. With, uh, Media from around the world we did come
0: across some uh, some punters. So was it a bit like a golf course and someone lets you play through or do you do you kind of have to follow behind uh, the slower ones or what happens? Yeah, we were the we were the top cockies
2: in town. Okay. We came across a few plenty of other Wranglers, older ones. Yeah. Uh there was one um, enthusiast in a first generation forerunner that had driven right off the track that we all had a giggle at. Oh. Uh, apparently the Jeep's towed him back on after we okay. passed through, but uh yeah, and w- my favourite thing I saw on the track was a Toyota 70 Series Land Cruiser, wow. <laughs> uh, which of course that was your favourite thing. Well, on the they track. don't get them in America. Yeah, and yeah.
0: any really kind of serious out there rock hoppers, you know, the the really customised things. Really you saw some of hardcore that. Jeeps, yeah. yeah,
2: wow, really hardcore, and I mean like 40 inch
0: tyres. And rock rails and stuff, so they're going to be hitting the sides of the passages and yep. all that stuff. Designed wow. to be bashed.
1: Yeah, yep. wow. And we also saw some spy pics this week from yes. the same So sort I drove of area. it two or three days after. We got spy pics
2: of the Scrambler doing the trail. So the Scrambler's the ute, yep. the new ute version of the JL Wrangler. Yep. Nowhere to be seen when I was there. Pretty but uh, it seemed to do the track right in full camo. Uh, they'd had a jamboree there the week before. So I don't know why the punters at Jamboree got to see it and we did was that, was that
0: a scout jamboree or some... It was a jeep jamboree. Jeep jamboree. <laughs> jeep <laughs> jamboree, okay. Closely well, related, but one has Might jets. have been tents and knots. Less yeah.
2: pocket knives and knives. You get your fire <laughs> badge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Anyway,
0: an amazing part of the world. I highly
2: recommend it. Lake Tahoe is a beautiful place. Great. Um, Yes.
0: Excellent. We've done worse trips. Yeah, okay. Fantastic. So we'll look forward to reading all about that breach soon. Yeah, when do we get to find out about it? Uh, shortly. But uh,
2: there's more to it than that. Okay. It's not just Rubicon. All right. So they also brought up the, this year's Moab Safari uh, concepts, uh-huh. six or so of them. Um, I'm not sure we've got photos of them here, but I got to drive the Wagoneer Road Trip, which was my favourite concept from this year. Brilliant. Which was, uh, <clears throat> thank you for providing a, a prop here, James. This yeah, is for a, YouTube viewers. This is an SJ Gladiator t- made by Tonka. The Wagoneer Road Trip is basically the wagon version of this with modern JK uh, Wrangler oh, yeah. axles and suspension, lengthened wheelbase, uh, a crate hemi under the bonnet. But yeah. loaded in sexy 60s details. like great. The corn cob pipe and the the uh, ashtray. Right. And yeah. Anyway, I got to drive it with the designer, once again, Chris Piscatelli. Nice. Uh, top bloke. So we've got a video of that coming to Cars Guide.
1: Oh, cool. cool. And uh, really great guy. Jeep designers are cool people. Right. They've got they live I this mean, stuff. And. Don't they have fun with their designs? Like yeah. some of the concept models that we've seen for the Moab and the Easter safaris and stuff like that, they are fantastic. They're so playful. And they work. And yeah. like even things, production models, like we're seeing the updated Cherokee coming soon. We've also got the updated Renegade coming you, soon. You get
0: the feeling, w- went to the Renegade launch in the States um, a couple of years ago, yep. and the design team. If you're a designer, you'd want to be in the gym oh, yeah. kind of room because they have a lot of fun. They do. So they go out and make sure that they experience the lifestyle um, of all of the people that are going to buy their various models. So yeah, Chris drives a 54 Plymouth Savoy to work every day. Well, uh, I mean, they, this go, has it they, they go out rock climbing, they go skiing, yeah, yeah. they go mountain biking, they do all the things and they leave these really uh, charming little Easter eggs through the car, yeah. You know, little tricks that you might not catch initially. A lot of fun. Definitely. Yeah, heaps of fun. Yeah, it's a brand that's
2: being
1: very well managed. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, maybe before telling telling more about the JL, maybe unlike some of the other ones under the FCA stable. But
2: yeah. I
0: said brand.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jeep's
0: doing well. <laughs> it's doing great. All right, Will. Look, moving to another uh, area of the new car market altogether. Mm-hmm. This week, Matt, you've been looking closely at light commercials, white, yes. white boxes on wheels, exactly specifically. Yeah, and by that we mean the Hyundai
1: iLoad. Exactly. So tell us what you've discovered. Okay, so you may have seen the Hyundai, sorry, Hyundai iLoad um, in recent times. Uh, this is the new look version. Um, for YouTube viewers, you'll be able to see it's got uh, a completely new front end design. Basically, it's a front clip. So the everything from the backs of the headlights backwards is pretty much untouched. Wow, okay. Um, it's got new taillights? No. <gasps> They, they might have a different inlay to them, but they're the same shape. They oh still no. look exactly the same. Feel the same aperture in the body. Yes. And yes. they've
2: done the iMax at the same time, which yeah. Nadal
1: tested a few weeks ago. Exactly. And the iMax looks a lot better. It gets um, lower fog lights, and it gets a different chrome grille treatment in the Elite spec, that is. This is, uh, this is only one spec of iLoad, and you can get a base model iMax as well with a similar sort of look to this. Um, still with the same 16-inch steel wheels still with black handles and all the cheapy-looking bits here and there. But you can option 16-inch alloys, and I imagine there will be people out there who will go, I'm just going to order the Hyundai iMax front end and put it on the front because it looks so much oh, better. Right. Yeah. So alloy wheels on the iLoad, you can do that? You can option them, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you'll get load-rated tyres and, and that you sort of can, stuff. You know what, though? How far ahead of high ace is it still, though? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, high ace has been around for 14, 15 years mm-hmm. in the current... Shape pretty much. I think so, it looks cool. Yeah, me too. But I've always thought it looked cool. A terrible it's, drive. it's a box. It's fantastic to look at, but it's the worst yeah. to drive. Have you driven um, one without anything in the back? Yes, it, I I did from Sydney to Melbourne.
2: Actually, oh wow, God. yeah, it is so noisy. I could not shoot a video of it because no, no, I could no. not get audio
0: of me speaking. Well, in the car. you know, yeah. loads in the back.
1: Yes, um, here we go. Sorry. You got we you got worry. all serious about that, Matt. I did. Yeah. Yes, I I went over to our good mates at uh, Crown Lifts. Thanks very much. They <laughs> Thank helped me Shameless, uh, shameless plug. <laughs> Uh No, so they they help us out uh, on occasion, and Nigel was very helpful. Uh, him and one of the boys from the warehouse loaded me up with seven hundred and fifty kilos over the back axle. Now you can fit. Is that concrete? Um, no, uh, I don't. I don't know actually. I think it's a steel. Okay. Thing gold bullion, I don't know. Okay, it's a a mystery now. Um, you can fit fit two pallets, uh, two Aussie pallets. Like the gap between the wheel arches is wide enough for you to fit a standard Aussie pallet, which is fantastic. You can fit them two in tandem, you can't fit 1500 kilos in the back, Uh, it's limited to about a bit under a thousand uh, in diesel auto spec. But the side doors aren't wide enough for you to be able to forklift a load in through the door. So, right. Right. That sort can you of, do that on other ones? Yes. Yeah. You can. Okay. You can. There Could are, you do it on the previous one? No. Right. Um, you, you can do it on a Ford Transit Custom or a Volkswagen Transporter uh, because they have a larger door aperture. And yeah, the door design, I mean, it's not fantastic. And that's the thing about the iLoad. I think in general, it's a one size fits all kind of deal. Other, some of the Europeans, like the uh, Volkswagen Transporter, which has heaps of different variations. Renault you can get traffic. Different roof heights and different lengths. Um, Renault traffic as well, yeah. Now, that's the interior um, you'll see on YouTube there. It's, not much has changed. Okay, right. so you've still got, you've still got a three-seat layout. Um, you've got new seat fabric, which is, oh, big tick. But you've still got a middle lap only belt. So oh boy, that's a throwback. The Jeep
2: Wagoneer road trip has
1: lap belts too. Yeah, and when was it built? Nineteen seventy-two, I think. Mm. Um, Times have moved on, Hyundai. Mm. Uh, You should be better than that. And I think it's at the point where, realistically, this could be a vehicle that they go, no, we're not doing three seats anymore. We're doing two. Right. Because more sensible. it's, It's unsafe. Yeah. It's unsafe. You're just asking for Particularly,
0: it. Yeah. Particularly in what's close to. I mean, it's still the engine is forward of yeah. the passengers, but it feels like a forward control van. You know, yeah. you are very close to the screen and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. relative to a conventional passenger car. Yeah, yeah. and lap belts pretty much cut you in half. Yeah, that as well.
1: Yeah, and also, the. of course, you can get the load as a crew van. So you've got a front row of seats and a rear row of seats. And if you do, the back row has... Uh, proper three-point seats for the outboards, but again, a middle seat with a lap only. Wow, that's, that's this amazing. is yeah. Yeah. just not good enough, Yande. No. Just pull. Your and, pants and there's up a bit of a, a
0: there's a bit of a pincer movement going on, is there not? In market terms, it definitely. In that from from underneath, I don't know about you, but uh, I've seen a lot of these LDV vans on the yeah. road. They're lining Parramatta Road.
2: Yeah, yeah really. M two yeah. in the morning. Yeah, okay.
1: Because you can get a LDV G10, which you'll see on YouTube there, it's uh, as low as 22,000 drive away. Right. Um, And that's for... Drive away. That's for a base uh, two-wheel drive petrol manual. You can get a petrol auto, you can get a diesel manual and a diesel auto. The diesel auto... You still get for less than thirty grand,
0: and then if you're a business, would there be uh, there'd be a tax in- uh, break as well? Would there not? Or uh, if you can, you can, you can claim. I'm certain... not
1: sure that you can claim part of the twenty thousand threshold yep. for a new car or not. But if you can find a demo one with ten thousand k's on it for twenty grand, mm. it's a pretty good business buy. Yeah, um, definitely. Sure, LDV doesn't have what's necessary... the safety rating? I'm not sure. Um, but what's the a safety, pertinent question, Matt. What's the safety rating of an iLoad or an IMAX? Uh, it's four stars, and it scored it in 2011. Yep. Um, Gee, right. So I don't think we can throw stones at LDV mm-hmm. here. Um, the I would personally probably prefer to drive an LDV if I was going to drive one every day than an iLoad, but only because of the cost. If I was really buying... A new van, this would probably be the one. Into so, the Transit.
0: Into the Ford Transit Custom,
1: mm-hmm. which is something that was in the car's guide garage not too long ago. Exactly. And we've had a, a full tradie review done by our friend Mark Osler in Melbourne, yep. where he put it through its absolute paces and found that it was the best van in the segment. Matt, Matt mm. it's a trade
0: review. I don't think he's our friend. I think he's our mate. Oh, he's, our mate. he's our mate. Sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's my bad. Marco, our mate. Yeah, Ma- yeah Marco. Good day, Marco. <laughs> Marco. Marco. Marco, He's going to hate us. Um, <laughs> no, but that van. Um, so it's got. You can get it with a two-liter twin-turbo diesel with a six-speed automatic and every imaginable safety. Yeah, item that you can think of. When we had it in Sydney, I, I took it for the weekend and worked with it. That thing's got active
2: cruise control.
1: Yeah, it's wow. a van. That's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so that's the the beauty of these safety technology packages being put into one package, and it's sixteen hundred bucks, and you get AEB, lane keeping assist, radar yep. cruise, adaptive, yep. uh, or high beam headlights. You know, all this stuff mm. that you can get for not much money. The multimeter interface seems a bit slicker than,
2: like, the Ford Escape as well. For yeah. Some Maybe yeah. it's a different screen, but, you know, you get your CarPlay, your Android Auto. It comes with everything you want in a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome bottle holders and cup
1: holders. It's, it's a anyway. really thoughtful van. Yeah, it's a really not a
2: new car. Van. It's been around for a few years, but it's they've finally given it an auto, the safety gear. It's pretty now, good. Now, you and- said
0: it, everything you want in a car Except oh, bottle holders, sense. drink holders, now a word oh, from our sponsor. You've put me right. In
3: 1914, two Aussie visionaries decided it was time for a new kind of car. After meeting face down on the floor of the Bridge Hotel in the Chuka, mates Ern Alcock and Horry Wheeler began working on their dream. And three years later, the Winton Motor Company was born. Our Founders knew Australians needed a rugged car for tough local conditions, with no-nonsense performance and breakthrough design. Their first production model, the 15, known to Winton enthusiasts the world over as the Mongo, was an unstoppable 15-cylinder force of nature, which set the benchmark for the Wanderers, Wildcats and Turbos that have followed in its illustrious wheel tracks. As Prime Minister Billy Hughes, standing next to the first Mongo, uttered those famous words She's a ute. Australians knew they had a winner on their hands. And 101 years later, Winton remains at the frontier of progress and performance with the groundbreaking 2018 Winton Turbo exported to more than 100 countries. We think Ern and Horry would approve. The Winton Motor Company. Go Australia.
0: Okay, Winston Water Company, and uh, of course it begs the question, where's Frosty? No doubt. Look, he's down in Canberra. There's a bit going on down there at the moment. He's been very tight with Malcolm Turnbull for some time, and look, he's working the phones. He doesn't know whose side he's on, but he's just hard at it. Well, he's he's up
1: there with Malcolm on the rich list, isn't he?
0: Well, put it this way. He's often in the same orbit. As Malcolm, YouTube viewers will notice that we've got Frosty... Unfortunately, he's just a bit cut off in this photograph, but that was at the APEC Economic uh, Leaders Forum uh, just, I think, earlier this year.
2: I get the feeling Frosty's about to do a Norman Gunston a la dismissal. Maybe. To steps of Parliament
0: House, absolutely. He could be there. But look, we've had a comment um, on, on the podcast and about Winton and Frosty's involvement, and I've got to say, Alan Clark has said to us, look, a comment on the podcast, read the four-minute waste of time in the middle about Frosty and the Winton. Old joke lost its humour a long time ago. So, Alan, you think Winton's a joke, do you? That's un-Australian. This is an Australian company taking our expertise to the world. And you think it's a joke. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say on
1: that. <laughs> is Wet Bix a joke? Yeah, is Vegemite exactly. a joke? Vegemite? joke? Is, is no. Mal Malcolm Turnbull a joke? That's another something podcast. something we
0: can all be proud of, Alan. Anyway. Yeah. We're moving on to another topic of conversation. This week we learned that Aston Martin, through its Aston Martin Works Mm -hmm. uh, at Newport Pagnell, where the cars used to be screwed together, has announced a limited run, 25 examples of a DB5 Aston Martin. Brand new. Brand new. All of them in silver birch. So, you know, you're talking new car. I think it's a monocoque construction, so there'll be... um, Dealing with all of that, mm-hmm. it's also Super Superleggera, I think it's an alloy, I think they had alloy body panels and all of that, very special car, and it featured in a Bond film, several of them, mm-hmm. but most notably Goldfinger, where it was arguably the star of the film, Yeah. and the thing about it is that Aston Martin is going to build them with all of the gadgets that Bond had at his disposal in the film, and for me, that's where it stumbles and falls over. Mm-hmm. I'm not into it. Um it's kind of exciting, Bill. They did a DB4 GT limited run of 25 cars, and that was as a race car, and you could seriously drive the thing, and it, it was going to be a, a great kind of get-in-and-drive-it kind of proposition. This is more an object. That, it's a bit you know, like people who go and make Herbie replicas. Yeah. You know? Do you really t- want to drive a, a movie character? Do you want guns coming out of your headlights and yeah. the Toblerone
1: you know, license plate spinning around and the map? And them. do you
0: really want an ejector seat? I don't want the
1: ejector seat. Well, I think they, they did make it very clear in the release that they sent out to media that it isn't going to be road legal either. So, no, really? Yeah.
0: No, no. You can't drive it on the road because yeah. its headlights have guns behind them <laughs> and, you know, oil sports. Surely
2: there are several US states where that would be okay.
0: Anyway. It'd be legal there. Look, yeah. I think it's a beautiful car and I like Goldfinger. I'm a massive fan of that yeah. movie. I've yeah. watched it too many times. And... Also, it made a reappearance in Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a mag- Golden Eye as well. magnificent beginning. reappearance of that car. I, Beautiful. And, look, by all accounts, not that I've driven either of these cars, sadly, I'd love to have a steer of them, but the DB6 that followed it was a better car mm. um, uh, to drive. And here it is, it's the famous car, drawing in millions of dollars at, at big-time auctions around the world, all because of its film presence. Yeah. So maybe on the one hand that validates this exercise, but on the other hand, to me... It makes it feel a bit lame, you yeah. know, that you're actually doing this for dubious
2: reasons. It's a bit like if DeLorean started making cars again, which they kind of do if you're mm-hmm. yeah. enough. Yeah. But, you know, buying it new in
0: Back to the Future spec. Yeah. Like you just. Anyway, just I'd just encourage it. our podcast listeners and viewers to take a look at the story on our website. Make up their minds and then give us your feedback. Give yeah. us your thoughts on what you think about all this. It'd yeah. be really interesting to hear what you make of it.
1: It is so good to see, though, that this is just another of the British brands that is embracing its heritage. It True. doesn't. It's to a degree. It's to a different True. sort of angle than Jaguar Land Rover have with their recent investment in. But it's old spreading cars. the
2: brand beyond you know expensive golf clubs and new cars. I, yeah.
0: I couldn't agree more. I totally agree with you, Matt. I just think this one's a bit off target. Bit twee. Uh, yeah, it, it ends up being a, a more of a curiosity than a than a fair income car. Do we yeah. know how many of the twenty five are sold? If not all, I don't, don't know. It's I only, wouldn't be surprised if they're all gone. they are only $4.8 point by the time million, we know about it, four point eight million Australian dollars.
1: Ah. And so it's like not to be silly, but that they're not doing it for money because surely it it would be a pretty expensive process to reestablish the production line. And it's an do investment this. investment like, in their brand. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's it's highlighting the works, the uh, the classic works, what they're capable of. Yeah, they're building an entire car, car from scratch—that's a movie car. So if you've got a rusty
0: DB5, they could probably fix it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. All yeah. that's valid. I think though, just as a proposition, I'm not a fan. But let mm. us know what you think. Mm. Anyhow, we've got to move on. And speaking of, uh, you know, heated discussions about what's going on. Blowing definitely a gasket, that, that gasket for people watching on YouTube is definitely blown. Mm-hmm. So this week, we've run a story from our very own Andrew Chesto Chesterton about the fact that Cox Automotive, that is the parent company owns uh, Cars Guide, so mm-hmm. disclosure up front, they've run a survey asking people about their views relative to autonomous cars, and it's come back that the vast majority, the more they learn about it, the less they like it. And trust them. Yeah, so there's, there's a trust issue, and that probably goes to the fact that You know, um, an Uber uh, driverless, well, the driver was there, but an autonomous Uber killed a person in Phoenix um, not all that long ago. Um, Google offloaded its autonomous um, car thing to Waymo Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. Tesla. Which poses the question, is it just too hard? What we're dealing with here is a digital device, artificial intelligence, trying to deal with an unpredictable world. You know, the computers operate on zeros and ones, yep. and humans don't. So unless you're going to do a Sweden, which in the 1960s decided that overnight they'd swap from driving on the, side of the left-hand side of the road to the right, yep. and you're going to get everybody in autonomous cars overnight, I think it's problematic, and people are now starting to realise what an immense, multi-layered, multi-headed Hydra this whole prospect is. <laughs> yeah.
2: It is very impressive when you see the technology at work. Definitely. Know, like when you walk into the shop and all the T V screens are curved. But yes. when you wake up in the morning and drive to work, like do you really want to be angsting about whether
0: that's But the other be thing is the J curve of development curves? you can make some big strides at the bottom of the J curve and then get to the top and those last little bits that gets you to full level five autonomy. They're almost indescribably hard to get on top of. Yeah. Because you've got ethical and legal issues, you've got technical issues, you've got reliability and maintenance issues, you've got weather, you've got all kinds of kind of environmental issues. We've got 60 odd brands of car in Australia, you'd have to get unified. Compatibility issues, mm-hmm. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So I think various ones that made bold predictions only a few years ago, I want to talk about Volvo and various others that said, yep by 2020 we'll have a fully autonomous car on the road, I think they're now looking in the mirror and going, nah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And some are saying, look, it could be a long way off, if ever. And, you know, one of our colleagues sent us uh, a really interesting uh, story from theoutline.com, shout out to the outline, um, just saying that Uber has posted a billion-dollar loss and their autonomous program is actually about saving money. It's not about safety. It's about getting rid of drivers. Yeah and they're burning cash on trying to make it work, and you just see that whistling
1: away to nothing. Um, it's just not good enough. For me, I think that autonomous cars are going to work in places like China where they can build the infrastructure much more quickly and to suit a growing... World. It's well areas where they're starting much. with nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Point. And they can start fresh, and it's easier to start fresh. But if you look at, for example, Sydney or Melbourne we're very set in our ways you know there's still major road works happening in each of those cities that realistically for cities of five million people plus mm. shouldn't be happening we should be past that point I can, already i
0: can see a, a starting point where in a very predictable environment which is a multi-lane well-maintained freeway you could see the car going to a, an autonomous mode but mm-hmm. the driver is still behind a steering wheel and yeah. able to take control and when you get to a built-up area in a more complex kind of environment you do take control. So So I I don't think it's an all or nothing thing.
2: My favourite notion, and I'm not sure where they're at with it these days, is the uh, the docking behind trucks. Was it docking? Yeah. Really? Uh, And, you know, the idea was a big truck, you know, can only slow so quickly, can only change direction so quickly, so it's an easy target to latch onto. Yeah. uh, And you just have a queue of cars stuck behind a a Hmm. semi-trailer, which, you know, they're limited to 100 k's an hour, but driving from Sydney to Canberra, i'd happily sit there and read a book would you yeah but But to me half an hour at doing it 110.
0: i'd feel oh anyway i'd I'd feel constantly on edge because i'm i'm not in control but that's old school thinking
1: wouldn't wouldn't it be great if the trucks just stayed left and (laughs) let the cars go past but that's another story wouldn't it be great if we could build a tunnel it goes from Sydney to Canberra and with it's no speed limit. Super high
0: speed and no speed limit. That'd be fair. Oh, no, someone's beaten us yeah. to that.
1: Um, the <laughs> other thing I'd like to bring up: I had the Tesla Model X last week with the full autopilot mode. How did you find it at the moment? Still
0: branded autopilot. Yes, on the
1: still branded wow. autopilot. Wow! Um, but it's there's a disclaimer thing. You've got to tick before you're allowed to use it, and. It's very strict with you these days. Like it, if you uh, disobey the command for it to uh, keep your hands on the wheel mm. or keep light pressure on the steering wheel, as it says. Now we've seen some people in America, for example, are tying little and you can uh, buy an aftermarket weights. hand grabber. Yeah, <laughs> tying little weights to their steering wheel yeah, so the, the drinking just bird will grab the wheel. It keeps a bit of weight on the wheel, so yeah. the wheel will keep adjusting to uh, counteract your torque on the wheel. Yeah, um, if you disobey it goes, bing, bing, no, you're not allowed to do this anymore for the rest of the drive. And so I had, because I disobeyed it on purpose, because I wanted to see what happened, it said to me, it said, nope, no more autopilot for the rest of this trip.
0: So... Well, look, we've got to move on. I'll just close off with one anecdote, which was a friend of ours, colleague, uh, Jesse Taylor, who Mm -hmm. works at Evo Magazine, he told me a really interesting little story about when he was at Mercedes-Benz in Germany. And he was actually behind the wheel of a highly autonomous car with a Daimler Tech in the passenger seat. And they were out in the wild, just on a normal road in Germany, and he could see a woman that wanted to cross and join his lane. And she was making eye contact with him behind the wheel of the car. The car's on zeros and ones. Yeah. It's not doing anything. Yeah. So she's wanting him to give way. It's a human contact, not a digital contact. And the car wasn't... And they almost had a collision, and he had to take control of the car. Yeah. So, for me, that's the blended car park scenario that is worrying. Yes. Yeah? I agree. All right. Look, we've we've got to move on. We'll touch on... Vans and autonomous. Jeez. What's in our garage, and for people viewing, you'll know... Now it gets exciting. You'll know already that we're in that corner of the Cars Guide garage, just up the yeah. back. With most of the lights turned off. Exactly. So, uh, Mal, you've been driving this week?
2: A Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, hey, what a surprise. <laughs> but not the one in America. <laughs> I've been driving the JK Wrangler in Australia. Cool. Uh, which is very valuable to drive the old one and the new one back to back. The old one does feel eleven years old, mm. and uh, in sure the it does. the base trim we had it in, it doesn't have a reversing camera, even though it's got a giant tyre blocking the rear oh, vision. Oh boy! Yeah. Um, also, doesn't have a touchscreen media system. Yep, it would, would not <laughs> communicate with my uh, Android phone. So,
0: push button radio. Close. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be cool. Go full retro and just embrace it.
2: (laughs) So it seemed very slick in 2007 when it first arrived, and they updated it in 2010 or 11, I think, with a new dash. Yep. And Pretty good for a Wrangler, but it is
0: definitely time for a new Wrangler. All right. And uh, Matt, what have you been behind the wheel of?
1: So I, uh, as well as the uh, iLoad this week, I've been in the Kia Sportage GT Line diesel. So flagship model, fantastic headlights, terrific headlights, LEDs, perfect. Very good at night. Sounds like great. the rest of the car um, is oh, oh, no, well, it just was, as good. No, it was great. It was great. <laughs> the windscreen's not much choice. Yeah, right. the, the, oh. uh, the headlights were really good at picking up the massive rock that came from the back of a bead double truck oh. and wiped it out in uh, in front of me last night. Autonomous
0: so. B-double truck?
1: Was anyone kind of docked on the back of it? Was it going past? Uh, maybe Matt was docked on no. the back of it. Oh. Uh, well, no, no, it wasn't. Wow. I, was, I was well and truly far away from that truck, and I wanted to get further away from it when that happened. So but
0: Thumbs up, thumbs down? <laughs> oh, great car. Great yeah, car. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic.
1: Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, having another go in the um, Tucson diesel to see just what differs on my drive home. Okay. So similar or identical drivetrain, is yes. it? Yes. Yes. Does the Tucson diesel get the eight speed? Yes. As well? Yeah. Great. Oh, so, but there are differences, notable differences just on my little trip home between steering and ride and handling. Um, These are the felt- three towns near where you live steering <laughs> and ride and handling. I'm a very car focused guy. Split okay. By traffic um, lights. Kia felt a bit firmer and a bit more jittery. Yeah. Um, and Hyundai from the local launch that I did last week felt a little bit smoother, a little bit more comfortable. So okay. Uh, different tacts, I guess. Okay. Lots
2: of shared, lots of shared mechanicals, mm-hmm. but uh, not necessarily shared calibration. Yeah.
1: I've
0: been driving the BMW X3 M40i, oh, yeah. which takes right. that cracking M40 engine, that whole drivetrain, uh, puts it into the X3. And so an, an SQ5 uh, rival? Very much so. Yep. And it's about $100,000 before you get the on-road costs it's on. like the mm-hmm. SQ5. Um, this one had some options on it. It's riding on 21s, for example, as opposed to, I think, 20s and what have you but it's such a delight to just lean into that engine. That's so smooth too, Oh, it's very smooth and beautiful. So it's got that uh, digital configurable dash between an eco mode and your more sporty mode. It's got a lot of fun toys to play with. So aside from the dynamic uh, quality of the Mm -hmm. car, I think it's also really sophisticated in the way it allows you to adjust its setup and all of that. I think it's got a lot to recommend it. So I'm going to be writing about that. Look out for it soon. But um, on the basis of a week's drive, I really enjoyed it. Nice. I really like it. Yeah. So, anyway, I think that gets us to the finish line. Uh, thank you, Mel, and thank you, Matt. Thank you, James. Uh, thank you, James. And thanks to our producer, Marsden, for his work behind the scenes. Cheers, Marsden. Some people think he's a wit, but I reckon they're only half right. Thank you <laughs> for listening, and please give us your thoughts on anything we've discussed today. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag at CG podcast, or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. You can listen to and watch us on YouTube, and if you're an iTunes devotee, please rate and review us. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, pass on a love of cars to your kids. They'll never have enough money for drugs.